says I can't start my show with Patti LaPone. There are no rules. If that's not a hook at the end, I don't know what is. It's sort of a reverse hook too because she like turns it and then she breaks. I don't know enough about belting to even talk about what she did. I just know it affects me in my heart and I love it. Welcome to <laughs> the Hook, Push, and Pray podcast coming to you episode Fizzy 5. I'm your host Nicholas Brownlee. Thank you for joining me. You guys are incredible. Too many of y'all are starting to listen to this that it's starting to freak me out because y'all are listening to me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I say it every every single week. I guess every single week over five weeks is not that many weeks. Nonetheless, thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been so much fun to make, and we have such thrilling interviews. I can't believe people are saying yes to being interviewed. Like, really cool people are like, yeah, sure, I'll interview. And I'm like, are you really sure. Um, but on today's episode, we have an awesome singer, uh, Dorothy Herbert, and she is a German uh, dramatic soprano. She was the Agatha in uh, Der Freischutz, uh, which I continually say wrong in the interview. Don't worry about it. Let it happen. Um, but she is incredible, and she has a, very in- a lot of interesting things to say about working in Germany um, and being a German, that is, and sort of what, what do we miss uh, it's a sort of truncated interview uh, because we had a show and then the sh- we were doing De Freischutz together and we ended up having to do it in my dressing room because the show was striking and all the practice rooms were taken because it, it was a dis- it was crazy. We did De Freischutz on an Alcina set because there was a strike from the 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 technicia the like technical people stri- made a strike struck ah whatever don't worry about it. Um, so anyways, that's a, it's a crazy interview. The intendant comes in, you'll hear, and I just let it go. It's like 30 minutes of just like wild, fast questions, and uh, yeah. So I think it's a really fun interview that you will enjoy a lot. Coming up uh, next week on the show, James Dara, ladies and gentlemen, the director extraordinaire. I have, there's not many people in this business who are as electric and on fire about opera as James Dara, and he comes at it from a total different standpoint as a director. Uh, he has a big film background, but he loves opera. He knows scores better than I know them, or better than anyone in the room knows them when you walk in. Uh, a dynamic uh, young director, and I was so excited to talk with him because I was in his Alcina last year, and uh, it was incredible. It was a, it was a sort of a process unlike any I'd ever have been in an opera, uh, so I really enjoyed that. Now, I'm in Dallas. Uh, I am currently in my high-rise Airbnb. Don't tell anyone. Uh, Airbnb, and I'm overlooking Dallas, and it's so dope. It's beautiful. Um, it, it's like uh, there's a misty fog. Like, I'm, listen, I'm not Steinbeck. I'm not going to explain it. Just imagine me looking out of a window at downtown Dallas, and you got it. So, uh all is right with the world, or or at least it, it seems to be. I know last week I talked about like being lonely and moving on the road. It has hit me hard this week. Um, you know, when you're doing something, when you're doing something like Coline, which I'm singing here in Dallas. By the way, this cast is as advertised. Unbelievable cast. Anthony Clark Evans, Marcello, uh, Jean-Francois Borat. Uh, Pumeza, South African name uh, that I won't try to butcher. She's incredible. Sarah Gartland is Musetta. Uh, Will Liverman, for every person who said, oh, Nick, you got to meet Will. You guys are going to get along beautifully. We don't. We hate each other. I'm just kidding. We, lo- <laughs> like, we love each other. It has been incredible. I am so happy to, to sort of grow into that friendship that everyone told me that would come uh, if, once we met. So I'm very excited about that. And he's a, a bourbon drinker. So like, I don't know, for the win. You know what I mean? So... I get here, everything's good. I did. I took all my own advice from the first episode. I Marie Kondo'd my place. I put everything where it was supposed to be, and everything was going well until about three or four days in, and I got so used to my routine. Um, <laughs> I got so used to my routine, 
in Germany that I forgot what being on the road was like. And when rehearsal is over, rehearsal is over. And it's just you. It's you with your thoughts and YouTube. Um, and that can be hard. Uh, it has been hard um, for me. But I think I've been doing it maybe a little bit of the wrong way. Now, everything that I said last week, I think, still holds up. Um, I think I think all the things I said are true. I think that's the way that you do the road. But I had some thoughts about that that I'll just pontificate a little bit further. That's a new word I just learned. A little bit further on. And, and I want to just share a quick story with you. So they have these... Um, they have these Lime scooters in Dallas. And if your city has Lime scooters that you're from, you're, you're rolling your eyes right now because they're just a terror to the city. They're just people without helmets riding on 18-mile-an-hour scooters burning the city apart. <laughs> and, and it's mostly tourists like, like your boy who's like, oh, I'm about to hop on this Lime scooter and tear up the town. So... It's a really bad decision probably for the people living here, but for tourists, it's amazing because you really get to ride this scooter all around. So it's just a scooter, like you're thinking, like you got on Christmas when you were 10, except it's motorized, and it's awesome. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to take a Lime scooter today. I'm going to go to the Whole Foods. I got my backpack. I'll put all my food in there, and then, uh, and then I'll just take the Lime scooter back. And I did, and I have to tell you something extraordinary that I did not think was going to happen. The stupid Lime Scooter, that ride, that five-minute ride to the Whole Foods where I was just on a scooter going up and down hills and like basically preoccupied with not trying to kill myself so I couldn't think about anything else was the happiest I'd been in a long time. Now, I don't mean, I don't mean happy career-wise. I don't mean... I, I think happiness... Happiness has a lot of compartmentalizing features, right? We can be happy with our personal life, but miserable about our professional. Vice versa. We can be happy with our the way we're being a father, but maybe not a husband, or vice versa. We can do happiness can look a lot of different ways. And for me, when I say I haven't been this happy in 10 years, I mean I haven't like smiled and just like been like amazing. Because I haven't allowed myself that moment. And I think that's what I want to talk about today. Opera is such a specific, weird thing that we do. Um, there are other careers like it for sure, but those careers usually involve people being millionaires. Uh, most people that are on the road, as much as we are, are staying uh, at the suite in an Omni, and they're f- probably flying first, if not private. That's not our life. So we have the life of a millionaire on a hundred thousandaire, if you're lucky, budget. And I think that that is what's so interesting because what it does for us is it, 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 never, it never allows us to just mentally break. And I don't mean fall apart. I mean break as in like, here's your 20. Thank you, 20. It, I want to be clear. There's this culture now where every single person you meet, every single blog post you read is like, you got to grind. You got to get in there, bro. You got to grind. You got to grind all day. You got to do your thing. And like, I'm all about grinding. I'm from a blue collar family. I want to wake up at six. I want to like plant some watermelon and squash and then, you know, start wrapping up my day by sunset, eat a steak and go to bed at 830. Roll Tide. Like, I can totally get behind that kind of life. I don't mind that kind of grind, grinding. Physical grinding, got no problem with that. I mean, you could look at me and say, it looks like you got a pretty big problem with physical grinding. <laughs> oh, God, I got to go to the gym. They offer a free gym membership here. I should go. Anyways, um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk to Michael Hewitt about it, maybe. So, oh, that was, boy, that was an out there curve. So, anyways, grinding is cool, right? It's this new internet era where, like, you're on their phone and you just can't escape it. Every YouTube video is like, don't skip this ad because I'm a marketing guy and I make $4,000 a month sitting at home. I'm like, but no, he doesn't. He doesn't. And it's not going to happen to you either. But Opera sort of has that energy, that grind energy where, like, even when you're on the project you're on, as small as, as, small or as big as it is, you're constantly trying to get the next thing. I know for me it's like, it's like there are there, next year. I'm again unbelievably grateful for this, and I know that this is not true all the time, and it certainly will not be true for me every year. But like next year is pretty full, 
uh, for me, which is, again, you guys, I am so freaking happy about that. Most of that is because I, I'm just putting in little little holes of because uh, I'm coming back as a fest. Um, so next year is, is pretty lined up. I'm still trying to fit stuff in that I know that's not even going to get approved by, by my bosses in Germany. I still will look up something and I'm like, look at a cast list and it's not cast yet. And I'm like, and I just like screenshot it and send it to Damon. And he's like, bro, this won't even, what are you doing? I'm not letting him do his job, right? Because I'm trying to like outthink the room. Stop doing that. That level of grind, that level of like put your nose to the, you know, kill yourself. That level of future thinking, I think, is detrimental if you get to a point. Now, why does this happen? Well, opera is all of our passions, right? As little kids, like even the people who were like, eat, I love it. Because when someone comes over to my house and they're like, we're not watching opera tonight. And then they have two drinks and we get on YouTube to watch, you know, whatever, a funny video or something. All of a sudden they're like, well, I mean, I mean, do you know John Franco Cacelli? Like, I, like I, I, you know, I want to show you him. I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Hello, deep cut tenor video. That's how it works. It's all of our passions. Even the people who say who who say they're annoyed about it. If you saw, you know, Anna Dutrepko sing Lady Macbeth and like throw the letter into the orchestra pit, you'd be like, oh, we all love it. We do on different levels, but for sure we all love it. And so when you're when something is your passion, all conversations lead to opera. Your family, because you're on the road all the time, they're like, what are you doing? Where are you two next? They want to know your schedule. They're constantly asking you about it. They're fascinated by what you do. You just want to talk about their normal life because you miss it, but they don't want to talk about that. They're like, oh, yeah, I went to, I like went to work and I did some stuff and like there's a new LaCroix flavor. That's good. But but what about you? Like, what? So all conversate, you're on a plane with someone, and if someone talks on a plane, and you talk back because you're not Kathleen Battle, <laughs> and you and you mention that you're an opera singer because it just comes up because it's such part of your life. All of a sudden, you're talking. They could be a heart surgeon for the president. I made a I met a presidential heart surgeon once in the airport. It was amazing. He had pictures of like Obama's heart. Anyways, it was incredible. Not Obama, but someone, some president, Carter maybe. He's from Georgia. I'm sure he's got heart problems. And so I I, I hope he lives longer. I should say that someone's gonna come get me. It doesn't matter. Anyways. All conversations lead to opera. It could be the most impressive. It could be the Dos Equis man, and he would be like, no, tell me about yourself. That happens all the time. So it's sort of inesca- inescapable, right? Um, it, it, it becomes, that's what it becomes. Every day is drastically different. Now, I, when I go on a gig, and when you guys go on a gig, you know as well as I do, it doesn't matter where the gig is at. You know that you're probably either going to be doing some version of, you know, 10 to 2, 10 to 2, 3 to 6, or, uh, you know, 3 to 6, 7 to 10, whatever. You sort of know those six hours. In America, it's pretty predictable. And in Germany, especially, it's very predictable. You know what your life is going to look like. However, however, that rehearsal room, even in the same opera, even in an opera, I've done this production of Bohem I'm doing right now. Uh, before I, I did the premiere of it in Atlanta four years ago it's a totally different room with different people with different people and and it's so interesting because opera doesn't let you hide right if you if you are frustrated you bring it into a rehearsal room because you got a director there trying to get the best out of you if you if you have a bad day let's say if you have a bad day and you're the receptionist at a law firm and you have a bad day you can go in and do your job and no one is going to ask you, no one is going to ask you, you know, pull from, pull from when you were standing over your grandmother's grave and how did that feel? That's what I want Manon Lesko to feel. That's the desperation you should feel in the fourth act. And you're like, Jesus Christ, I just wanted to show up today and like t- get you to tell me to go stage left and stage right. And now I'm weeping on the ground. I didn't expect that today. If you're a law firm receptionist, you're not going to get asked that. Right, you're not going to get asked. To, you can you can dictate how deep you want to go each and every day of your life in other professions. You can reserve yourself in an opera rehearsal room. You just can't. 
And if you can't, that makes the director dig even harder into you. And all of a sudden, I mentioned Paul Curran a lot because I love Paul Curran. But then all of a sudden, you came in just wanting to be like, Paul, just like block me. Just like, just can you just jot up a go here and I go. And then all of a sudden, he's got you weeping on the floor because uh, he tells you that Chenard and Colini are gay and it makes you so. I, you know what I mean? He just like bust your mind wide open. So every day is so different and it's not dictated by you. There's really nothing you can do about it because you have to be vulnerable in a rehearsal room. Also, something that's so interesting and, and, and Lucas Meacham wrote a blog post about it today. Good blog post, by the way. Lucas is awesome. Uh, and a friend of the show, which makes him even more awesome. Um, yeah, you like my show? I like you. <laughs> Ted Bundy's downloading my episodes, and I'm like, oh, well, let's let's hear Ted out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was, was a dirty joke. Anyways, so uh, it's amazing because in our career, the lack, Lucas, great blog post, the lack of security in our business is extraordinary. Even in a fest system, what other career do you know? Let's take a fest system, which is the most secure possible thing in our career. They can just walk up to you, hand you your pink slip in October, and tell you bye-bye for next season. It's insane. And by the way, they can do that not because you were bad at your job. They can do that not because you were like uh, not prepared or you weren't a good singer. They, none of that matters. They could just walk up and just give it to you because the rep isn't right for next season. The rep that you had no choice in making, uh, a, a season that you had no decision in, that you're just not needed. Oh, we have too many, you know, we have too many bass baritones. We have all the Angelotis covered. That's insane. Let alone the freelance world where you're, where you're on a gig for four or five weeks and then you're not. And then you are and then you're not. And then, you know, Jen, when Jen was freelancing, it was so funny. I think this is so funny. She would always say whatever her last gig was, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a year away, six months away, her, her, her last gig with nothing else behind it, she would say, okay, well, I have a new retirement date, which I think, if you know her, you know how funny that is. She would she would always say, well, that's when I'm retiring. And that is what it sort of feels like. And so because of that, you're constantly, you're constantly having to deal in two worlds. You're constantly having to be in the present with what you're doing, and you're constantly having to look forward to future projects. And what this does is it creates this weird thing where you're never really in the place you're never really mentally listen there's a lot of hippie stuff I don't mean hippie in a bad way I promise uh there's a lot of hippie stuff about being mindful uh about meditation transcendental whatever staying in the moment and being in the moment and for me in this podcast it's really difficult because you see how many left turns I make but to get a through line story a through line sort of thought process is very difficult Obviously, because we're so distracted nowadays. But I think, I think that it is so important for us as opera singers to be right there, locked in all the time. And you set aside an hour, whatever it is, an hour, it can be two hours a day if you want to be that cathartic. And that's the time you worry about the future. But when you're in the present, you have to worry about the present. Now, there are people out there rolling their eyes at me right now and saying, well, Nick, Nick's whole season is, is booked next year. No wonder he's not worrying about the future. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. That is not me. And that is not most of us. I mean, Lucas and his blog, but like Lucas Meacham's a bona fide star in our business. He has worked forever. Like, and he's worried about his future. We all are worried about our futures. And so I think... The best way to combat that is you set aside this time. You set aside, a, a, you know, an hour, maybe two hours to just think about the future then and otherwise remain in the moment. Finally, what's so important about this and why I bring it up is because riding that stupid lime scooter <laughs> and how much fun I had made me a better artist. I know. I know. I know how annoying that sounds. I, I'm fine with it. I've made my peace with it. But it is true. We have a toolbox as an artist. Now, you can argue what we do is more athletic than, than artistic. 
fine. I'm, I'm happy to have that argument with you. But for the sake of today, and for this, it's my podcast. Let's call it artistic. <laughs> that made me a better singer. It did. It made me a better artist. I, I, I had this thought. I was like, huh, in a modern day version, Coline would be so against these lime scooters because they're like for the man and he's against the man. And then I thought, oh, Coline is against the man. That's really interesting because, of course, in the restaurant scene, he's a little annoyed the entire time. And that's why he says, oh, odio el profano, volgo a paradoracio. Oh my God, that's it. That makes sense in that phrase. This is like my 50th performance of Kalini, and I never thought about that. It is embarrassing to admit, but it was something new. It broke open this new world of Kalini for me, right? It broke open this new idea where like, he's, yeah, he's a little angry, but I've never been able to identify why he comes in like a madman. Why, why does he come in like that? It's because he's like mad at the man. And it was like, ah, like Colline would be annoying ass house guest. If you had him over at a party, he would be that guy who's like, no, you don't get it. Like, Jet fuel can't burn steel. And it's like, are you, wait, are you a 9-11 conspiracy? Like, you know what I mean? He would be that guy in a tweed jacket with elbow pads. That's a moment that I got from a stupid lime scooter because I couldn't do anything but focus on not dying and looking at directly what was in front of me and maybe admiring a tree for two seconds before I got back to the front of the scooter. I freed my mind up. And that little moment goes into my artistic toolbox. I know, I'm bringing back undergrad stuff. Just bear with me, y'all. Bear with me, because I think this does have merit. Now my artistic toolbox is, is, is fuller, right? More full. It doesn't matter. But it, it has more stuff in it <laughs> that to pull from. And I think that's because in that moment on that scooter, I was not worried about... Uh, I was not worried about getting a Messiah three Christmases from now. <laughs> I wasn't worried. Um, I wasn't worried about my future. And I wasn't worried about grinding and giving all this mental energy to something that I give every single day. I, I, we all work so hard. We grind ourselves off. I want, this is a PSA to tell you. Go on a line bike. Take yourself out to dinner. Leave your phone at home for a second while you go get coffee. You're going to be okay. I know you just got a panic attack and check to see if you have your phone. You're listening to me right now, so you do have your phone because you're listening to a podcast. You're going to be okay. These little moments, don't do, if you want to be, you know, if you want to do them for your own self and for your self-care, then by all means and your mental health, great. But in the same way, if you think about grinding and working hard and that's all you think, you just, you're killing yourself, fine. Think about this as another thing that you're doing to help yourself. Trick yourself, if you have to, into relaxing for a second. I'm telling myself as much as I'm telling y'all. Um, yeah, go ride a line bike, scooter. Good. Okay, well, you guys, uh, again, I thank you very much for this. This is, a, again, a short interview. Buckle up because it's wild. People are coming in and out. People are being buzzed to stage. Uh, crazy performance of Freischutz where we just sort of stood and sang. Uh, and there were probably 100 people in the audience because everyone heard it was striking, so they didn't come. Man, Germany's weird sometimes. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the inter interview. I certainly did. And, uh, yeah, so go Patty LaPone. everybody uh i hope you guys are good we are so excited to welcome to the podcast today uh one of my colleagues from der freischutz the illustrious extraordinary oh my gosh just endlessly talented uh dorothy dorothy herbert it is so that's she's german i say her name like an american but that's okay um thank you for joining us Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. So so just to brief you guys, if you hear people warming up, we are having to do this from the dressing room of Freischutz. 
uh, because she's only in town for one day because she's guesting. And it just so happens that this Freischutz is under strike, um, which is something crazy that I've never seen. So we are doing Freischutz on an Alcina set tonight uh, with basically no lights and no tech at all. Uh, just like Freischutz was intended. It's going to be super scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So, so, yeah. So that's what's going on. So if you hear people warming up, uh, just get over it because it's going to happen. Um, so Dorothy. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today because sort of the reason I started this, um, the reason I started this sort of blog about the opera world Mm. is because I I feel like there's a gap in education for Americans. And I wanted to talk to a full blown German Mm -hmm. um, about sort of like what. I'm what, scared. Yeah, right. You should be. You should be terrified. I wanted to talk to someone who who sort of knows the system better mm. than us and sort of what you guys think that you can benefit from it and what are, you know, and that kind of stuff. But before we get to any of that, I've known you now for a few weeks, I guess, or months, mm-hmm. maybe months, but it feels like weeks Since because you just come in July for the shows now. Last yeah. year. Yeah, oh, I mean, yes. Okay. Okay. So I've known you for a year. Uh, <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, how did how did you get into the singing game? Oh, my God. So I've done it my whole life. Okay. Um, I started when I was seven, singing in the children's choir in oh. Munich in a theater, singing over, I don't know, almost 400 shows. Wow. As a so child. You, so you were in it from the very beginning. I was in it from, awesome. the, from the beginning. Yes, awesome. since I'm seven. So, uh, and then I started studying next to school, next to high school. And uh, then I started uh, studying in Munich. And, and then when I was 20, I moved to London to study at Guildhall. Wow. At Trinity and Guildhall. And uh, yes, that's it. So you, by <laughs> the time you were 20, you had been singing for 13 years in some capacity. Yeah, scary, isn't it? That is wild. Yeah, it that is, is wild. so <laughs> wild. Because I, I, I don't know, I, I, everyone probably listening knows, but my story is very different. I came to music very late. Uh, in life, I had my voice first voice lesson when I was like nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, oh wow! And it's so yeah, and so it's I've so. I've been in that for for twelve years. Oh my gosh, you were an old you were <laughs> I an was old an oldie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's really fascinating um, to hear people that came to it so early. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, what's it like in Germany? Because in, in in America, we all have this idea, right, that we're told that every German goes to opera, every German loves opera. You know, every city has an opera house. And I think that there is some truth to that. I think, I think, I think you're talking to the wrong person. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm actually in it since I'm seven. Okay, so. right, right, right. Um, no, but it's true. I mean, because every small the- every small city has an opera house. The- it's much more anchored in our culture. And, and, um, and what's been so fascinating about here is that uh, in, in America, there's this idea that opera is... I mean, here too, but but in America, the idea is like opera is this special thing and everyone, mm-hmm. but here people just sort of go to it because it's what you do. You go to it and, and they're very engaged. The audiences are very mm-hmm. awake and alert. Um, and, and when they don't clap, it's for good reason because you're mm-hmm. probably not good. Mm-hmm. And I, I've noticed that, but it's it's sort of just a thing you do here. Yes. Um, it's a thing you do in the city, mm-hmm. um, which is which is which is really cool. So. You but had not that. only opera. I think it's also sure. ballet. It's going to the Schauspiel, to the to the drama, to the acting. Uh, I think it's um, it's maybe much more cultural, maybe yeah. from the history. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was I was talking to Cameron, and Cameron was <laughs> like, you know, they don't really do leader degrees in America. You can't get a you can't get a leader degree really, like an art song degree. Mm-hmm. But here, it's very it's a common thing. Mm-hmm. Like people get leader degrees. And I told Cameron, I was like, yeah, it's probably because leaders from here. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's, it, and that's what is so fascinating about being in Germany is that like the, or, the Badische Staatskapelle here, mm-hmm. they premiered Brahms for like they were the first people to play that at that. Like mm-hmm. that, that kind of history really doesn't exist it gets to you, doesn't it? in America. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love and I really love that. So for you, you do this, you go to Guildhall um, and how then do you because now you're singing all the the big leading ladies <laughs> you're singing uh, agatha here but you're singing zalame you're singing um big big italian rap big mm. german rap so obviously you didn't sing that at 20. no and i have to say that was a i had a big gap um from finishing sco- uh, f- from uh, finishing school 
Yeah. And then actually singing the big rap because I was always told I have to be patient. I have to wait. Sure. Your voice isn't ready. And since I'm mm, 30, actually, um, it started <clears throat> because the voice got ready. The voice developed and it took me really four years from finishing school to being on stage okay let's talk about that four years because that's hard right <laughs> that was really hard yeah because everyone's like well, everyone just tells you, you know be patient be wait you know yeah. wait don't do it don't do it yet and then you're sitting there like making no money yeah. and you get an offer for a dutchman at 28 and someone's like don't do it and it's no. like well that's easy for you to say yeah i did it with 32 <laughs> right, 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 right 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 so what not 31 actually. so what do you do to sort of keep because in America, that four-year gap mm. is where everyone stops singing. It's true. You so know, I was sitting at home practicing and try and believing and working hard. Sure. And I did, it, of course, I did a few things. So sure. I was doing um, a small role at Salzburg Festival. I was doing a, a second cast for Fidelio. Sure. I was. I wasn't singing Fidelio. I was doing the second cast. I was doing covering. So I did things. I did Countess. Okay. Figaro. <clears throat> so, but you know, it was a tough time because you just had this waiting, waiting gap and uh, I was really studying roles, but it's sometimes it was tough to actually uh, motivate yourself. Yeah. Because, you course. know, you, you, you work hard when you actually have something to work towards. Yeah. But what do you do if you don't have anything to work Exa towards? You have to, you have to set your own sort of personal goals. Yes, you do. Which I must say in, uh, in American training, that that sort of personal goal thing is is missing very much because in america you get you get a job mm -hmm. and you circle it on the calendar mm -hmm. and you put stars around it <laughs> and you say like oh i gotta know this by that day and then you but if you don't have anything coming up like all of my american friends think that i'm crazy well they're right about me being crazy to a certain extent right we're doing an interview in a dressing room right now before fry shits <laughs> that's probably not the best idea but <laughs> We will see. It's yeah, going to be yeah, crazy we'll see. Yeah, anyway. we'll, 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 yeah, I'll let you guys know how it goes. Um, so that's maybe a, a crazy idea. But more than that, I would always, uh, if I had, like, I've sung Figaro before, uh, twice. I just look through it and, like, work on it every week just to make sure it's you still do? there. Yeah. Oh, my God. So like, I try to keep, that's my personal way of keeping repertoire, like, updated. Okay. Because I feel like when you... Uh, one of the more fascinating things about you Germans is that <laughs> you guys... Um, Don't put me in the I know, no, 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 no. You're just spoiling <laughs> it. One of the most fascinating things uh, that we can learn from you guys is the repertoire and the vast amount of of opera that you guys know is mm. so is so impressive. Um, I know when... when uh, like Klaus, for instance, who is a who's an old fest singer here. Mm -hmm. I, not old, just you know, a little older. He's been yeah, he's been here for a long <laughs> he's time. Old, he's over forty. And he's done you know he's done like sixty five or seventy operas. Oh wow! And 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 if you ask him to sing one of them, he just because of the repertory system, because he you know mm -hmm. he just sort of remembers it. But see, I may be the wrong person to talk yeah. to because I've never been fest somewhere. So for me, I've been a German singer, but I've. So far, I've been always guesting. So I was very lucky, you know, in that sense, when I started singing, when I started out singing the big rap, yeah. um, I was very lucky with the, with the roles that actually chose me, that came sure, to me. Sure. Because I wasn't fast at a house where I had to sing everything, right. which can be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, come in. Hey, Hello. How are you? <laughs> Hi. Hi. Come in, come in. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Wow. What is this? This is a, a podcast that I've started for uh, sort of for American op opera singers and okay. uh, yeah, at trying to educate people and let people know good operas happening in Germany. I think it's oh, the wrong yeah. idea to actually involve me in that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. 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 No, I just, we told them all about it. Yeah. Okay, wow, really yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. It looks amazing. Actually. Well, I was, I was in Alcina last year, yeah. as you know. And so I told, I told James Dara today, I was like, I'm just going to do Caspar as Melissa in Alcina. Fantastic. I'm just going to do my blocking. Yeah. And I'm going to actually do some trills. Yeah. We're going to add trills for her. Yeah. Tell you that he is doing the no. No, no, no. Oh, trousers. no. 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 No
so good. <laughs> 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 it's be a crazy night. That's amazing. Awesome. Gehst du rein? So, ich, ich geh ein bisschen rein. Ja, ich werde Den Spaß wirst du ja. nicht Aber nehmen das lassen, ne? Sehen, ne? Ja, ist ein. Ja, meistens sind das ganz besondere Aufführungen. Das also stimmt. Wirklich mit einer anderen Intensität. Ja. Uh, yeah. 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 It's very special. Ja. Yeah. Yeah, ich bin is. auch total gespannt. Oh, they're gonna like my fair lady. Yeah, they're gonna fly yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. Bis später. That was our intendant uh, coming in to wish us good luck uh, on tonight because of the strike, uh, which should be wild. Um, so where were we? We were talking about. So this is this is the crux of the thing, and I know this is a, a sort of shortened interview because we have to. Um, we have to sing Freischitz tonight. And so somehow concentrate. Yeah, yeah and somehow concentrate. <laughs> so we American singers, I think, think the think that sort of every German singer has to do a we're taking a photo right now. Uh, every every German <laughs> singer does a fest at some point. That's just what American singers think. Yes. Like, no, but I mean, I'm I'm actually maybe the living proof that it's not. Sure. But maybe I'm one of the the rare ones because I. So really why not then? So why not in those four years? Because I mean, you I can attest you're mm. an excellent singer. You're great on stage. All of the things are true. Um, I'm sure in those four years you could have gotten a fest to do sort of like the secondary roles, or you could have like screamed through a Zerlina, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. So why, maybe how did I'm you... Maybe too tall for a yeah, Zerlina. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe your Mazetto would have to be, yeah. yeah. So what, that's so fascinating to me because we... You, you will love. I was auditioning yeah. for a few opera studios. Okay. And uh, one house told me, uh, I auditioned as a Donna Anna, which I just sang at Mannheim yeah. uh, last year. And they said, um, we can't engage you as a Albert Salina because you would actually outsing the <laughs> Donna Anna. So we, want, we, we actually, we needed Salina. Yeah. But, you know, you, you're great, but we, you know, we have a Donna Anna. Sure, 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 so sure, sure. that happened um, three times. Wow. In three uh, big cities. Amazing. So and so sort of the feedback was like, You're, you're keep great. going. You're great. You're great, but I mean, we need a Barbarina, wow. you know, for the opera studio. So, yeah. so that's actually, uh, I think, also a very big point in the education in school that they don't really tell you when you have a bigger voice, yeah. because what do you do? Mm -hmm. You just, you know, your voice starts when you're 30, but yeah. you know, you finish school and then you have a gap. Yeah. So what you do is mainly you cover. You do second. Uh, you know, you be a second cast. Um, you just try to get your foot in the door and don't give up. Yeah. I mean, I didn't give up and I'm lucky, but I know many that actually did not have the strength and they had great voices. Right. And that's, that's tough. I mean, the, I mean, as <clears throat> there, there are quite a few of us. There are not many uh, with bigger voices and in our age, mm -hmm. but, but there are so many that I know that actually did not have a choice and actually had to give up because they, They couldn't um, bridge that gap. I mean, I will say it's that's the reason I I that's the reason I came to Germany was mm. I was in America, and everyone was you know I was singing at big awesome places and making great money and mm -hmm. all of that like I, the opportunities I had I'm very grateful for and lucky but sort of the writing on the wall was yeah we're not hiring you for real stuff until real stuff big roles mm -hmm. uh, for another at least five years. Yeah. And so my agent was like, well, let's go to Germany and see what they think. And it was interesting because, you know, I did eight auditions in seven days here. I just like did oh, the wow. boom, 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 boom. <clears throat> and uh, I got a few fest offers out of that. Oh, but really? the only did? Wow. I did. However, though, this is the catch, the, the, the kicker. Because I'm a low voice boy, there's all these little bit roles. There's all these little there's a Monterone in every opera. Just about, mm. you know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. Esta Soldat. Mm -hmm. And so every single one of those offers at other places were for basically what I would consider a young artist contract in the States. Mm -hmm. Covering stuff and singing small roles. Mm -hmm. And this was uh, the Badische Staatstheater. And, and I must say, most importantly, Michelle Fichtenholz, the mm -hmm. open director at the time, was like, well, uh, You got to do it first somewhere. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. You can hear we are in the I know, theater. I know, I know. We're really in the theater. <laughs> I wasn't really lying. really in the theater. <laughs> so he was like, well, you got to do it first. Oh, there it is again. 
mit der Streichversion heute. Die Damen und Herren des Chores, bitte zur Bühne. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, she just called the chorus. Uh, it doesn't, everyone listening to this podcast is fluent in German, so it's fine. But we, uh, he was like, you have to do it first somewhere. Yeah, but where do you do it? He gave me that opportunity. But you need that someone yep. who actually believes in you. Yep. When I had, when I did my first Hollander, mm-hmm. they were, they had, I think, five or six days auditions. They heard 40 people and I was last. 40 Zentas. They had... I mean, apparently 40 centers, but um, they had, yeah, they heard 40 centers. And That's I was, my dream job, I, I is to was listen to 40 centers. It's <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> dream. Oh. But I was number 40. Wow. Yeah, so, um, and then he invited me back for a working session, and that was a very controversial production, because it was... Um, uh, it actually won the Faust Prize. Oh, awesome. So it's uh, a really uh, fantastic uh, production that I enjoyed very much. But, you know, you know, you have, you're against 39 other people, wow. even in that repertoire. Awesome. But also, I mean, I was probably the youngest, but that's what the regisseur wanted. You know, the uh. director wanted that. He wanted some really also controversial young center who fit in the in this production so i was lucky like you were lucky that you know you've gotten that yeah. opportunity and from there actually the last in the last three years i've been really busy and it's so <clears throat> i mean you're so busy your opera base is wildly full um and it's so getting interesting there. getting yeah. there yeah <laughs> it's so interesting to hear to hear a german singer talk about needing to get opportunities because mm-hmm. again it's sort of that thing in america where everyone laments everyone laments and says you know oh it's such a shame there's no opportunities here blah 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 and and even me in this whole podcast i'm encouraging people to come to germany because there are opportunities but um it's still hard here right it's very hard i mean it's especially if you're a sort of a, a specialty voice like yes. yourself mm. um you do sing the big girls you do sing the big rep um and and most of most of that rep even in germany is normally done especially somewhere like like in karlsruhe it it's usually done by like a big name star and so it's hard to get that first exactly. push yes. now you're the big name star no, right is not the, yet. yeah 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 <laughs> But that's no. that. But that's that's sort of the idea. So so no fest for you. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Up until now, at least. Up until now. That's yes. that that is fascinating. And it's really interesting because I've done um, last year. I was doing a second cast for. Oh, you can talk through okay, it. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for Heliane at Deutsche Oper Berlin, which was my you know first time being in. I'm doing such that a this summer. Oh really? Yeah. Das Funde der Heliane. No way. Oh. Yeah, oh my God, you haven't told me. Yeah, I'm doing it at Bard this summer. Really? Jennifer's singing Die Boden and I'm Die singing Boden? Oh, wow. the um, So uh, if, if Heliane Dorman. gets sick, you just give me I will call you. you. Oh my God, she'll be the first call. actually know the piece. Yeah. Um, no, so I've done that, which was fantastic. And then... Um, For those of you who don't know, that's an obscure corn gold. It's not obscure. It's so... It is not Get obscure. that German nonsense out of here. <laughs> no one in the world knows Das Funde der Heliane. No one. It's uh, true. Obscure I actually had gold. to Google it myself yeah. and they offered it to me. And it's got like five of the heaviest, craziest <laughs> roles in the world. My role is the lightest and I'm like worried about it. It's crazy. Oh, it's, you're, you're going to be fine. It's crazy. But it's really crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, so you're doing, you're covering I've that. Done, uh, yeah, I've done, I've done that last year. And then I've done Donna Anna and then, and then Now Agate, which, you know, it's fantastic for yeah. the voice. But now I'm doing, uh, I thought Heliana is difficult and I'm doing my first Salome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, which actually brings me back down to earth again, you know, sure. to actually sit down. Oh, it's okay. I, I think I, the no. chorus just, just doesn't want to come. Yeah, <laughs> I, maybe the chorus is striking now. The chorus huh? is striking, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, which is going to be, I'm going to do, be doing Salome and then Valkyrie in Amsterdam, which wow. is going to be exciting. So my first uh, Valkyrie and then Rusalka, which is also completely different. But yeah. I, I'm very lucky that I'm not being pushed in only one corner. So sure. I sing the leading ladies, but I sing it in very broad, disparate operas, yeah, very, right? Exactly. Very uh, different, quite broad. And how now is that something that you talk about your agent with? Do you say like, "Hey, listen, don't don't give me ten zentas in a row. Like, there needs to be a Donna Anna in the middle, or or do you just take what comes? 
No, I don't take what comes, but actually I have to say the roles chose me. Okay. So um, I didn't audition for Rosalka. Okay. I didn't audition for Valkyrie. I mean, when I went to the audition, I was I purely went for Salome, and they also offered Rosalka, which is great. But I didn't I didn't even think about it. Mm -hmm. So I have to say, also with with Don Giovanni, <clears throat> which is perfect for my voice, but it chose me. So I I uh, <laughs> went to uh, Mannheim and sang Ballo in Mascara, mm -hmm. and um, and in the in the break in the interval, the um, opera director came and offered Don Giovanni. So. Oh, you know that was fantastic. That's the that best was, interval the of best all time. Interval of all time. I bet that second half of Balo is the best you've <laughs> ever was. sung in your life. <laughs> I was like yeah. smiling from one ear sure, to the sure, other, sure, sure. <laughs> and I actually messed up the aria. Oh, of course, he already <laughs> of offered course, it because I mean, you know, yeah. then he, because then the opera director told me, "Oh, you know, I only came for the first half." <laughs> thank <laughs> <And> God. <laughs> I was thank like, God. "Thank God, he cannot that's take amazing. that role away from me in, anymore." So I mean. That was quite funny. But, you know, I have to say, I'm at that point now where um, I'm lucky with the roles, but the roles chose me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I say to my agent not too heavy and not too light. I mean, but, I mean, you know, the, the roles come, which, yeah. is, which is great, which is, I think it's luck as well. Yeah. So you're still, so you're doing, uh, you're doing, do you have one agent? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which, which I feel like is, do you feel like that's becoming more normal to have? To have one i think it's less confusing yeah for I sure i think for the theorists it's less less confusing if you have one person one representative okay because i i also see a lot of i mean I, jennifer has two mm -hmm. and i i see a lot of people which in america is unheard of it's usually you only have one it's one and yeah. it's and in a lot of ways if it's a big one it's one for life you know what i mean and like i only have i only have but the I one worldwide see, i don't believe in names i don't believe in a name of an of an agency yeah. i believe in the agent yeah so you need to click with the agent sure so, you know you can be with a very um renowned very famous agency but you know if you don't click with your agent um doesn't really help you so you need to have the special connection with your agent so for I you think. one one has been sort of the yes. best route i've been with with her with heidi for um the past three years okay and um i mean so far i'm very happy good but I mean, you know, I think that's also because you're American. For you, probably two would make more sense because you have one for the States and right. one for Europe. For for us, being based in Europe and not, don't really have a connection yet to the States, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> probably I would need one for the States as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, sure. You speak later about that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. I'll agent. represent you, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to represent I got it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you, you got can be me. My, okay. Yeah, my first client. <laughs> we talk about the commission later. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to sing the heaviest roles we can sing. <laughs> we're going to just, I'm going to send you in for contralto stuff. I don't care. I'm going to send you in for everything. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're terrible. I know. Terrible it's all about the money, though. <laughs> I mean, I see you on stage later. Yeah, right, right, right. screw up your aria. <laughs> that's great um so so cool well i guess the i guess the the main thing i want to take from this is like uh in in america and maybe i'm i'm doing a little bit of this with the podcast there's sort of i'm saying like you know go to germany and it's all there but like mm. but like as a german you can attest and i can too like it, it is hard here it is difficult it is um it's a tough road. I mean, how many how many auditions would you say that you have done? How many auditions would you say that you have done in the past year? Mm. <laughs> right. Many. Yeah. Um, but I mean, many. Maybe fifteen. Yeah, fifty five zero. No, one five. One five. Okay. Yeah. One That's five. grinding. Oh, fifty, and maybe I got. 13 no's. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Or 12 but then you got two jobs. Something. Exactly. <laughs> so it's all right. Exactly. Yeah, so, it was you know, totally all right. But, but still, you know, I mean, I went to, to an audition uh, a couple of weeks ago and they were looking um, for a center. And I mean, I've done three productions of center now. So they invited, uh, you won't believe it, they invited 10 centers. All right. Uh, on, like, well, that's they, less than uh, 40. It's less than 40. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, within 
like three hours they only wanted to hear the one aria the center ballade you know from oh. every te like 10 singers but you know their criteria was they needed a center that was like smaller than i think 170 wow. that is i don't know what is it five six yeah five six five, five six one seventy is like five six five, five six, six and a half yeah exactly so eight of us were already not in the criteria Do they mark. know what zenta is like hmm? do they know the role of zenta <laughs> That's what you questioned then. But, you know, their criteria was we need a small center because wow. it will not otherwise fit with a Dutchman. So you're, so you're a little too tall for that. I was sitting eight hours in the train for having a fantastic... That was the audition last time, you yeah, know, when I yeah. left the, the following morning after Freischitz. And, um, and you sit they, in the train for eight hours. I was, I, I was sitting in the train from mm -hmm. eight to four. I was in the theater by 4.15. Wow. I warmed up 15 minutes after being like completely knackered and had a show the, the night before. And then they say, oh, fantastic. And then they email my agent. And unfortunately, she's too tall. I mean, you know, if you have these sort I mean, you, you go through these stages as well. You yeah. Know? And you just so grind it out. Like, you just oh, do well, it. It's all right. I, it's, it's all right. It's fine. Yeah. I it mean, that's the Next business. time, let me know. <laughs> next time, maybe <laughs> exactly. let me know before. But exactly. like. Yeah, 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 and you and you and you just have to do it. Yeah, well, and it's just hilarious because you see, like, eight of you are your height. You know, there's like 185. Everybody else is 185. Yeah, but I mean, you know, sometimes it's not about you. You have to just accept that as well. That it's you know they have an image in their head. You know, I was told by my agent once, and uh, that she sent um, a singer to an audition and he is bold and they and the and they said oh you know um we need somebody with hair for that production but i mean there are wigs they've never heard <laughs> so, of a wig you know you get the, the weirdest unreal. excuses sure, so sure you just laugh about it and you just go your way yeah you just go your you way it's all you your can way. do <laughs> awesome um, well, I, I think we should probably end because oh. we have to go sing Freischitz now and, and you have to, we like, have to actually change. Yeah. You have to get in a wedding dress. Um, uh, well, thank you for joining me this in this abbreviated, interrupted, <laughs> crazy interview. Um, and yeah, you're a great singer. You're a great colleague. We have a lot of fun on stage and I appreciate that. Thanks. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have anything, if you have any questions for Dorothy about like working in Germany or anything, reach out to me and I'll reach out to her. Um, cause you're really, you're really doing it and you're really doing it on a high level you and too. I appreciate that.